Welcome to Drive Time Theology, a brand new podcast. And my name is Phil. My name is Adam. And this is a podcast where we talk. You drive. And hopefully we all learn. And we're live. Live we are. It's working. Welcome back. This is episode three of Drive Time Theology. We're going to do some talking while you do some driving, and hopefully we will learn. All together. All of us at the same time. That's the plan. Um, in episode two, we episode one, we talked about the Bible. Right. Because the Bible is kind of foundational for everything we're going to talk about. Um, and then in episode two, we, we started talking about God, but we kind of went big picture, broad terms. God is a worldview, if you will. It's, it, it's, yeah. the, it's the lens through which we're going to see the whole world. Mm. And we got a little bit specific in that. But today we want to dive deep into Christian theology, get super Christian, if you will, and talk about the Trinity. Mm. That's where we ended last time. It is. And it's important that we talk about the Trinity. I think sometimes when we say the word Trinity, we all kind of get, yeah, we're supposed to believe in the Trinity because mm. somebody told us we are. <laughs> but we have no clue how to conceive of the Trinity because it doesn't make any sense. What do you mean it's three people yeah. in one? Yeah, that's a difficult uh, paradigm to understand. It is. For sure. And uh, there's lots of fallacies and heresies that come along with that we're not really going to dive into those today um so some but we're going to explain it crystal clear in the matter of about 30 minutes yeah yeah this thing this uh concept that's been around for thousands of years many books and uh, papers and theology or uh, theories written on it we're going to get it all all in 30 minutes i wish there was some way we could insert those little uh those little Lutheran theology video things with the cartoons. Oh yeah, and little yeah. Patrick. Yeah, as you were saying, modalism, Patrick. Yeah, I don't know how to tell you what to Google for that, but if you Google that's modalism, Patrick, That'll you get might you get maybe the funniest of all YouTube videos yeah. ever, and it may help you or it may confuse you. I'm not really sure. Um, but again, we want to talk about the Trinity in terms of how we relate to God. So as we look at each of the members of the Trinity, we're going to be thinking through terms of relationship. Sure. Right? Because that is a central aspect to our theology is that God is personal mm. and wants a relationship. So if we talk about the Trinity, but it's these big sort of out there theological, philosophical um, uh, terms that don't really mean anything yeah. to our daily lives, then what... What have we really achieved? It might be fun intellectually to sure. think about those things and to, you know, to kind of, ooh, it might look like this or it might look like that. And am mm-hmm. I within the bounds of scripture to do these things? But it doesn't have a lot of practicality to it. Right. And the relationship thing for us to the Trinity is important. And an important thing to realize is that they exist in a relationship with one another. Um, that that the Father, the Spirit, and the Son are all uh, uh, relating to, loving on, caring for, submitting to one another, which, again, is kind of a, a really big concept that we're going to try to boil down as best we can uh, in today's episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's all about relationships. Mm. And we keep saying relationships a lot up front because we really want to get that through your head. As we're talking yep. about this, it's about relationships. Yep. Christianity is a relational religion. 100%. It's not a works-based religion. It's a relational religion. Um, so with that thought in mind, let's jump into the Father. So just to clear things up. Okay. The, clear them the, up. The Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. So let's start with the Father. Okay. What are we? Who are we talking about when we talk about the Father? Yeah. And I think um, the place we have to start is again. And uh, if you've ever heard me before, you know we love to start in Genesis as as the Creator. There is one Creator God um, it, to to the universe. Uh, one Creator God for for what we experience here on this planet, and that is the the biblical God, the Father. Uh, is who we're referring to when we say that, that God created everything. Uh, there are, again, lots of books and papers and theories as to how he created, how many days he created it, what was going on. Is, is it completely devoid of evolution? Is evolution part of his creation um, uh, usage? And, and again, that's not what we're going to talk about today, just the fact that it is clear from the scriptures and in our belief system that God is the God, the Father, is the ultimate creator of everything. Yeah, and and as creator that really begins to hone in the way we're going to relate mm. to the Father. Yeah. Um, it, 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 if we begin to think of Creator, what are all the things that we might associate with Creator? Like if someone came up to you and said, hey, cool, Adam, that's great, but what does it mean mm. that God is the Creator? Sure. How would you answer that? Everything starts with Him. Everything my starts existence with him. starts with Him. Uh, my experience in this world starts with him. I don't have to be in relationship with him, but it, in, in one sense, I can't get away from some sort of relationship with him. Uh, what is it? Psalm 139, where David says, where can I go that I can get away from you? I can't. I can't escape. Uh, that, that's from somebody who is desiring to be in relationship with him. Um, but yeah, that, that, there, that he, he, his, he starts our existence. Yeah. And I think that's really important to think of, to, to get that idea that he's the source mm. of, of all that you are and all that you have. Mm. Um, and, and it kind of goes into that idea of, um, um, y- you know, it, it, it's, I mean, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this right now. It's own, it, it ties in that idea of life is a gift, mm. right? He didn't have to create you. Sure. He didn't have to create this world. There right. was no dictation on him to do it, mm. but he did it because he's good and he's generous and that's how he expresses that mm. is by creating a world for you to live in yeah. and by creating you yeah. to have a relationship with him. Yeah. And that was an important thing. He he didn't just want a world devoid of relationship. It wasn't uh and again we we've talked about this a lot in one-on-one conversations but it wasn't um the the uh run of the mill creation story of the time where everything's created to serve the gods, to make them happy, to be their slaves and their servants. He says, "No, no, no. I want people, I want humanity to be a creature that I can have a relationship with, an intimate relationship with." Um in the garden, he and Adam and Eve walking together, intimacy there. Uh it, it's they're they're not servants, they're they're partners. They're partners in ruling creation with him and on his behalf. Yeah. And I think that's important that you talk about rule with him on him on his behalf, because Mm. that's also another thing closely tied to his creation that if he created it, he is responsible for it Mm. and he rules over it. He does. Now, how might we conceive of ruling the universe? (laughs) Again, (laughs) such simple questions. Uh, Yeah. 
Whew. And man, that's one I have wrestled with, and even think in some ways we misunderstand. I think we, I think we've brought out some some fallacies in the word sovereign and how we think God is is puppeteering and, and chessboarding everything that is that's pawns on the on the table. Um, and and I I happen to think that the scriptures teach that as an inaccurate view, but that He is ultimately in control. That He has a plan where He's taking the world, where He's taking the uh, the story of creation of our lives of Jesus. That He's taking all of that somewhere, and that ultimately where He wants to go, which is again, if, if we read the Book of Revelation, it's it's Him dwelling with us once more. That can't be defeated. Uh, and so ruler in that sense. But what takes place uh, on, on the day to day in between kind of levels. I don't think he's, we don't want to get in, he's a ruler, but he's not a dictator. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction to make is he can be absolutely sovereign. Mm -hmm. He can be the ruler of the universe, Mm -hmm. if you will, but that doesn't mean he has to dictate every little thing Mm -hmm. that happens because he's given you and I free will as co-rulers. Sure. Right, that's that idea in in Genesis is that God said, I've made this for you. Mm -hmm. I'm inviting you to be my partners. Yeah. Now let's go do this thing. Yeah. And we know the story. Sure. They say, we want to be gods. We want to be the ultimate ruler. We yeah. don't want to be co-rulers. We want to yeah. be ultimate rulers. Yeah. And I think that's the temptation is God is sovereign and in control. And ultimately, he's going to take it where he wants it to go. Yeah. It's just, are we going to participate with yeah. him or are we going to fight against him? We're not strong enough to overcome him sure. and to stop his will. But we can fight against it yeah. or we can cooperate with it. And in that particular story reference, we know that it ends in rebellion. But he doesn't cut the story right there. He continues to want to and put effort into staying in relationship with humanity. The, the yeah. Genesis opens with co-rulership and Revelation, the second to last cha- chapter, is closing with our rulership with him. It says we will reign with him. He's the ruler, but he's still trying to do that. Again, that word we've used, relationship, he's still trying to do that in relationship with us. Uh, with humanity, even in the the age to come, is really important to how his narrative plays out. Yeah, and and I think you, you kind of tapped into something there. Is if you look at those first eleven chapters of Genesis, that's what he's consistently doing. Right, yeah. he's inviting people to come. Mm. No, 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 come back and mm. work with me. Come back and work with me, all the way up until the point where he's like, okay, nobody's listening to me. Hey, Abraham, I've got something for you. Yeah. Come here, let's make a covenant. Yeah, and and then and then we kind of see the story shift a little bit. Yeah. So if he's creator and ruler, he's also provider. Sure. Right? If he made everything, he's yeah. providing everything. We see that. Yeah. How should we conceive about provider? Well, and, and that even goes to the next level when the first thing that happens after that rebellion we talked about in Genesis 3 is they can no longer maintain their nakedness uh, and, and be able to focus on that relationship. So the first thing he does out of that is provide. He provides animal skins for them to be able to wear. Uh, and that is a constant theme all throughout Scripture. You could track it through Genesis. You track it through just about any book you wanted to. Again and again, when something is needed, he provides. He provides animals to eat. In Genesis 9, he says, I've given all of these for you to eat. A, a, a continuation of what was he was providing in Genesis 1. That just, that just carries on and on and on throughout the Scriptures. He provides uh, in the story of Abraham with Isaac. He provides a ram. Again, the, just we, we can't talk about that enough. Um, we, we probably could do a study on that sometime, just see how many times that concept pops up of God being the one to provide. Uh, he, he, I think the, the guys we listen to say he, uh, he, he can't do it. We can't do it without him and he won't do it without us. But for us to participate with him, he's got to provide again and again and again. And ultimately that's going to lead us to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Because Jesus becomes that sort of ultimate provider 
for us. All right, gang, we are back and uh, need to explain a little faux pas that we had here. We recorded this on a Wednesday at around three o'clock in the afternoon. Somehow this particular section didn't take, didn't keep. So we're back on a Friday morning at 730. So if we sound different, it's because I am not a morning person. Um, and Phil is only half of a morning person until he's had his Starbucks crazy drinks. And I don't know if he's had one yet. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. We're going to, we're going to try to continue on and get this section reposted. So we talked about God, the father, we're now going to talk about God, the son, then we're going to go back into our section of, of God as the spirit, the Holy spirit. Um, so, so Phil, what, when, when we call God, the father, and then do we step into God, the son, what do we mean when we, when we say the, the son of God? So, uh, yeah, I think that's a really important thing to talk about because we do call Jesus the Son so often. And, and you and I and most of the people listening to us use Son in a different way mm. than we would if um, we lived in Jesus' day mm. or we lived in the days of the Bible. Yeah. So for us, Son is offspring. That's what mm. it means. It means you're an offspring. Right. Um, but that's actually a heresy to think that Jesus is an offspring. Okay. of of God. He's equal with God. He's always existed with God. Yeah. So why do we call him the son? Hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this goes back uh, to a long, a long line of things that, that in the Bible, son could mean offspring, but it was also a class or a title. title. And yeah. someone designated as a son of meant they were going to do this thing. And so in the Bible, we read lots of Different people were called a son of God. Even mm. the nation of Israel was called a son of God right. because they were given a mission mm. by God to do. And so that was their class. We're going to go live out God's mission as a son. Yeah. And so that's why we call Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, mm. the son. Not because he's the offspring, if you will, sure. but because he's the, the, the member of the Trinity who becomes a human being mm. and then proceeds to carry out and fulfill God's ultimate mission in, uh, in history, yeah. which is to undo what humankind had done yeah. through the fall and to bring people back into a relationship with him. Yeah. And I think that's where, where the word, <clears throat> excuse me, word Christ, Messiah, the anointed yeah. one, but the yeah. anointed to do what? Yeah. Anointed to live out the role and be the son of God uh, that you were talking about and, and play that role. Um, so, yeah, good. And, and we, we, we mentioned the other day that we are Christian Missionary Alliance guys, CMA guys. Uh, and so when, when we think through those filters uh, or, or through those distinctives, the Alliance has four very clear distinctives concerning Jesus, that he is our Savior, our Sanctifier, our Healer, and our Coming King. And so that, that's how we're going to talk about being in relationship with the Son is through those four categories. It's not limited to those four, of course, but those are just four very clear ways um, to talk about, uh, as particularly for us, uh, in the alliance, so so again, when we when we say Jesus is our Savior, uh, that's kind of our starting point for this conversation. What what do we want people to think about when we talk about being in relationship with Jesus as our Savior? Well, I think Savior is that entry point back into that relationship, mm. right? That's when sure. you know Jesus has died for the sins of the world. That's yeah. when we recognize that and we come to Him, mm. and and you know that's when you get the whole like abide in me and I'll abide in you kind yeah. of relational language coming from that. It's the it's the first step in a long relationship. Right. Um, and, and it's relational on lots of different levels and lots of different ways. But I, I think primarily it's, it, it's relational on this is how we know that God loves us mm. 
because he sent Jesus. Mm. You know, Jesus came. Yeah. And that's the greatest display of, of God's love in Scripture is Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And so as seeing Jesus as our Savior isn't just seeing Jesus as the guy who sort of erases all the wrong things we've done sure. so that we can go to heaven in the end. It's, it's saying, wow, no, no, this is, this is the physical expression of how, we, how God sees us yeah. and how we can know that we are loved by God. There's no more guessing in yeah. the world. You don't have to guess anymore about God's feelings, right? It's not like, you know, when you're in the early days of a relationship and you're like, so do they like me or are they just hanging out with me because they don't have any other choice? <laughs> or have a really nice yeah. car or yeah. don't have a really nice car. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's that. It's, there's no more guessing. It's, mm. We can look at Jesus as our Savior and say, no, that's how God feels about me. Right. God loves me enough to die for me. Sure. God loves me enough to bring me back into relationship with him. Yeah. That's why Jesus became a human. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. Yeah. And and we and we talk about that as as an entry point as an entry point, and oftentimes we we hear so much emphasis put on Jesus our Savior that um, if we're not careful, we can neglect the rest of the growing relationship over time, uh, and and that's what the alliance means when they say Jesus is our sanctifier. Uh, we had a, a, a youth pastor years and years ago, twenty some odd years ago, teach us, and it stuck with me from that long ago. That the word sanctification again is kind of a twenty dollar word. But we can simplify it into set apart, set apart unto God, set apart from sin. And Jesus as our Savior and stepping into relationship with him is the one mm-hmm. who does that. The more intimate we are with him, the more we grow with him, the more he does the role of sanctifying us, setting us apart as we become more and more obedient in a deeper and deeper relationship of love with him. He's setting us further and further apart from sin, further and closer and closer to God. And so Jesus, in that sense, is our sanctifier. But also that's the continuation of the relationship that began as Savior. It's not just a checkbox of, hey, is Jesus your Savior? Yeah, good. All right, take off. And I think that probably causes a lot of confusion in the once saved, always saved question. Yeah. Is, well, hey, I checked the box once. Aren't I good? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there's not a process of sanctification, if there's not a growth system, uh, a development there, uh, if it's as simple as a checkbox, I don't know that I'm comfortable m- making the answer yes there. Yeah. Um, I think the New Testament talks enough about those who persevere. Now, yeah. we could get into another discussion about what does it mean to persevere yeah. and how does it happen? Yeah. But I, I think that it's very much the indication of the New Testament is it's not about a one-time event. Yeah. It's about a continuation. It's about a new life. Yeah. Um, we're slowly you know, taking this from original 9 yeah. or 10 podcasts, so we're going to have 30 <laughs> or 40 on a list that we want to try yeah. to do. <laughs> it's an ever-growing list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's true. I think uh, you know, I, I go back to that the 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 line from the hymn that says he walks with me and he talks mm-hmm. with me, uh, and he tells me that I'm his own. Right? Yeah. That's kind of sanctification yeah. in a song. As he's we walking pay with for you. the rights to that to make that come up in the background while we're it's talking. It's probably about in this. public domain. At this be, that point. would be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think that that's the any kind of any kind of relationship you have mm-hmm. with another person should affect you. Sure. Like they should be rubbing off on you, and I kind of think more and more as time yeah, goes on. Yeah. To put it in a very like you know. Um, non-theological, non-fancy way. We like that. Sanctification is just Jesus rubbing off on you. Nice. Right? You know, it's like I spend time with Jesus in mm. prayer and scripture and, and, and in community with other people, and he slowly rubs off on me, yeah. and I begin to look more and more like him. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, because we all hopefully, have, Hopefully. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the yeah. idea. <laughs> um, but it's, it's that thing, you know, we all pick up traits from the people we hang out with. True. We just want to be picking up a lot of Jesus traits. Absolutely. As that... 
And I say that, and obviously there's a transforming work that's taking place yeah. in our heart, and we're not just picking up traits, we're being sure. transformed. Yeah. But it's still that same idea of we're becoming somebody different because we're spending time with Jesus because we've entered into the relationship through his right. salvation. And it's and it's more, and you 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 hit on this, it's more than just informational transfer. Yeah. It's relational transformation. Yeah. Is that you can know a whole lot about Jesus. You can re, re, you can state and restate facts um and or or theories or theologies but that in and of itself is not evidence of knowing him and and walking with him again you mentioned yeah. the John 15 passage of abiding yeah. uh, of him rubbing off on us the uh John 17 passage where he says i want you to have eternal life yeah. and oh by the way eternal life is this deep intimate knowledge of knowing yeah. the father yeah uh, so so that's the relational yeah. aspect yeah. of jesus the son it, the sanctifier it's that whole scene in matthew when jesus says there's going to come a day when people are going to come to me and they're going to say hey, look at all these things we did right, yeah. in your name yeah. we did them in your name lord lord yeah and and he's going to say depart from me I never yeah. knew you. I don't know who you are. I didn't have a relationship with you. Yeah. You might have been doing things in my name, but it wasn't out of relationship. Yeah. And I think that, that is the, that's a sobering thought. If you step Very. back and say, how many things am I doing Very. in Jesus' name, but not yeah. out of relationship with him? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's the sanctification process is doing it in relationship with him, getting to know Jesus, Jesus getting to know sure. you. Yeah. Excellent. So Jesus, our Savior, our Sanctifier, and Jesus, our Healer. Uh, why in the alliance do we find that to be an important aspect of relational um, relationship with the Son? Yeah, well, and I th I think that that is important. As you read the New Testament, particularly the Gospels, Jesus does an awful lot of healing of people. Awful lot. That seems to be. I used to know some numbers on it, some statistics, especially in the Book of Luke, but I, or the uh, Gospel account of Luke. But I, I don't know what they are anymore. If it wasn't seven thirty. You might. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. You might, you'd be running up full steam. You'd be shooting them off. Also true. Hey, I have already had a Mountain Dew today, so I have uh, a chance of it coming back in my mind. But a small chance. Um, yeah, I think that that so that's very fundamental to the kingdom work Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And you know, for us in the in, in the the Christian missionary lines, we don't think that it ever stopped being a fundamental work. Sure, we see that carrying out in the disciples who are saying, you know, That's uh, right. I heal you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, so Jesus, uh, the way he expresses his new kingdom is through healing. Yeah. Um, and if he is walking with us, if he's talking with us, he's going to heal us. Now, what we do as humans is we think very one-dimensionally, and we often think that healing means um, he's going to heal my physical body. Mm. And that's true. We believe that Jesus can heal your physical yeah. body, but it's also he's going to heal your soul. Yeah. He's going to heal your emotions. Yeah. He's going to heal all of you. Yeah. And and we that that starting point comes from Isaiah fifty three where it talks about his through his stripes and his bruises that we are healed and th and that's referencing or, or talking about ultimately he he walked the life that we walked he on earth suffered and and experienced the same kind of pains that we do uh, endured the cross and 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 in so doing that was that was part of the healing. Um, and, and again I don't I don't have a better word for it than to call it a, a spiritual healing. Uh, that, that's not my favorite way to talk about it, but, um, and that, that goes back to the, uh, first John two, two that we were kind of talking about earlier is that he has dealt with sin on behalf of all humanity. Uh, and so he's in that sense, he said, here, the healing exists. Will you partake in that? Uh, not, but, but that does beckon the question. And, and we asked this the other day on the first recording, uh, what, how do we deal with the fact and think through the fact, uh, that, that, 
you know, there are people we watch in our lives who get healed and there's other people we watch who aren't healed. Or sometimes we are healed of something and someone else isn't. And sometimes someone else is and we aren't. How do we deal with that? If Jesus is our healer, how do we deal with not seeing a physical need met? Yeah. And well, I think that a lot of that comes back to the trust in the relationship. Mm. You know, I believe that Jesus has the ability to heal anyone at any time, but yeah. I've also seen him not heal people. Yeah. And I've also seen it take, sometimes someone has struggled with something for a long time. And, they, mm. and there could be lots of reasons why that is. Mm. And it's not necessarily our job in this podcast to speculate about all the different reasons why someone might not be healed. But from That's a, a good point. From a relational aspect, I think um, it's do we trust Jesus, yeah. that he sees the ultimate picture, that he sees the bigger picture. And even if it comes to death, mm. you know, for, for Christians, it's not really the end. It's mm. just the, the beginning if you will. Yeah. You know, that's how Paul talks about it. He's like, oh, they're just asleep. There's yeah. a whole other yeah. thing, right? Yeah. They're going to they're gonna see Jesus face to face. And it's not even the end of their body. Mm. At some point, they're coming back to a brand new body like the yeah. body Jesus has. Yeah. So it, not to make light of it or to be trivial of it, I just think sometimes we're so short-sighted that we uh, think if he doesn't heal me in this particular, yeah. you know, 70 to 100 year span, yeah. then, well, what's the deal? Yeah. Right, but spoken by a true teacher and not yeah. a shepherd. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I and no, I, I get where you're coming yeah, from. I'm just trying to say, like, look, I understand. I have w- watched people in my family suffer yeah. and die, and yeah. it's painful. Sure, but at the same time, I have to remember that this is only part of their existence. Yeah, they have a whole new existence now with Jesus, yeah. and then in the future, at some point, they're going to have a whole new existence on Earth in a body that isn't riddled with that sickness or yeah. disease. And instead of spiritual healing, maybe the word to use there is relational healing. Yeah. Is that he's, and, and we, we often talk about the, the Old Testament and the tabernacle and the temple and, and the atoning sacrifice being a, a healing sacrifice that be, yeah. because of this thing that you are witnessing, you now have the room, mental and, and emotional space to enter into God's presence. We, it, yeah. it, was, it was set up, it, God didn't need, it says God doesn't need the blood of goats and bulls. It was set up for the people to recognize, oh, because I have done this, confess this, my sins go away into the wilderness mm-hmm. as far away. I don't ever see them again. God has dealt with them and now I can enter into his presence. And so that's also part of the healing we were talking about. There's a relational healing. So my physical body may be waning and, and they're all... <laughs> As far as I know, all but one of us, well, yeah. I guess there's a couple other stories in scripture, but we all die. Yeah. Um, but but that relational healing exists on and on and on and on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Into eternity. Yeah. And it's just, I, I think a lot of it is, it's that bigger picture. We're just so, we're, we're so short-sighted that we don't see what Jesus is really doing yeah. in our lives because just because we die now, mm. it doesn't mean we died. Yeah. We're still living on with him. Yeah in a different kind of relationship, a deeper relationship. Yeah. And so, um, I, and then went back to what we talked about earlier. Do we trust God as the yeah, ruler? Yeah. Are, are there things bigger than us that we just aren't going to have answers to? Uh, and I certainly have experienced that to, the answer to that question would be a yes. Yeah. Uh, and it, 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 I don't think we do it justice when we try to wrap it up in a nice, neat package. God has a tendency to not want to yeah. be wrapped up in nice, neat packages. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, if we if we read scripture holistically, God is all the time doing the thing that no one thought. Like, oh, mm. you did it, but you did it in a totally different way. Yeah. You know, tell someone, get your army ready, yeah. get the big army, mm. and then, well, if the people drink like this, send them home. Yeah. And then you're down to a little army, and it's like, but wait, watch this. Yeah. You're not even gonna need Still the army. Too many people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna sure. do it on my own. So sometimes we 
it's to make a point. Mm. We think, oh, our faith needs to be in the size of our army. Yeah. God's like, I'll windle it down till there's no army. And then I'll be like, watch what I can do. Just me. And, you know, we read that and we know that. But then when that's happening in our own oh, life, sure. when it, you know, it's yeah. in our own life. We're like, what's going on here? Yeah. This isn't everything I've, I've thought was made to make me safe is not. So. Yeah. But even then, that, that's an easier reality to walk through when in relationship with yeah. Jesus, yeah. the son, in, in the, deep the healer, who has been where we've been and experienced that. So yeah. we might also need to do another podcast one of these days on uh, the separation and the discussion of separation of Jesus and, and God at the cross. And if they oh, are, yeah. if it's God, the father and God, the son, where they're ever truly separated in my mind has only began to capture that thought. And I don't even know what to do with it, but yeah. uh, that, that came into my, in my ear space yesterday. I was like, Oh man, I'm just going to have to spend some time on this. Cause I don't know the answer to it. Cause I've always taught it one way, but I may have been teaching it wrong. Yeah. I think that would so, be a fun podcast yeah. to do. So I think in this podcast, we discovered like, I don't know, a whole bunch of other podcasts <laughs> we've we need to add to our list. Things um, with all of our spare time and such. But to keep kind of moving on the, on the Jesus theme, yeah. we, we, we see Jesus as king. And, mm. and if you are astutely listening to this podcast, you'll notice we just referenced it. And That's we talked right. about it when we talked about the father. Yeah. We said the father was ruler. Uh-huh. What does it mean for the father to be ruler and for the son to be king? That's right. And so we, and we also referenced it when we were talking about God has always wanted a human to rule with him uh, from, from Adam and Eve. Uh, we referenced the Daniel seven passage of the son of man coming for the thrones. There's two, there's two thrones, multiple thrones set up. One of them is for a human ruler. We talked about it in revelation that the second to last paragraph is humanity that, that is now with God, who, who God is dwelling with. They're now ruling with him. Uh, and so we, we see the failure of Adam. And from that moment on, there seems to be this anticipation of who can now do what God has asked humanity to do, to rule on his behalf with him, but on his behalf. And so we, we get our hopes built up a couple of different times. We get them built up in Noah, the deliverer, uh, or, or the or, or rest. He's going to provide rest for us. And that goes well for a moment and then kind of comes crashing down. Same is true of Abraham. Uh, can can he be this guy? Can Moses be this guy? Can David be this guy? And David gets kind of close for a little while, but it, it still doesn't work out the way we, we hope for, at least as as the story is building anticipation. And then, then, then even God's words to David, and we hear about, oh, David's son. And so now there's a lot of anticipation about Solomon, and we know his story as well. And it ultimately winds up being a prophecy about Jesus, about God incarnate, Jesus the Son, who comes and lives the perfect humanity life, uh, who rules in a way that is always trusting the Father, the way that Adam and Eve were intended to do, invited to do, had the opportunity to do, uh, the way that we all had the opportunity to do. Uh, and, and yet Jesus is the one uh, who, to use a baseball reference, knocks it out of the park. He gets it right. He lives in full trust and full obedience uh, and in so doing, becomes the Son of Man coming on the clouds who sits on the throne with the Father. Thoughts? <laughs> I was waiting to see if you had anything else. <laughs> First of all, you can you can rebut any of that. I could have missed something or could have said something wrong. Yeah, bring it on. But um, no. no, I think that's good. I think that's what it means is, you know, God, uh, that's why Jesus becoming a human is so significant. Mm. It, it's why Jesus being a human is significant to our Savior, to our yeah. sanctifier, even to our healer, because he understands what it's like to suffer and die. Mm. He gets that. It's not right. like he's like, oh, that's so sad that you're suffering and dying. I have no clues. Like, no, no, I get it. Yeah. And even in the sense of like, I understand, I know the purpose of why humans were created, to co-rule with 
God to co co. I don't know what I'm saying. Co rule. Co co rule. There you go. There we go. Um, um, But it's that idea that we couldn't do it, but a human needed to do it. Yeah. And so Jesus, as a human, did all of these other things, including do what we couldn't do perfectly, and now he's elevated back to the throne. Yeah. Instead of God backing out of the story, he dives deeper into it. Yeah. And Many other religions in the ancient Near East had gods totally in control of everything yeah. and, and manipulating, moving situations around. There, there is no other story in those religious stories of a God who enters into the humanity that he created yeah. in order to rescue it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that, you know, there's throughout church history, there's been all these kinds of talks, even even now today, sometimes with the 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 the, the new age and the spiritualism, is there's this idea that the body is bad and we want to get to this sort of deeper level of spirit. Mm. And that in Jesus, we see the opposite of that, yeah. right? That, that God became a human and then there's a human that sits on the throne mm. next to the father. Yeah. Like let that thought blow your mind, right? It's not you and it's not me, but Jesus, a human being, yeah. a, a real life flesh and blood man who existed yeah. in time and space yeah. is still a real live flesh and blood yeah. human resurrected. man re- yeah resurrected sitting on the throne yeah. next to the father yeah i have a hard time understanding that at 7:30 at night much less 7:30 in the morning yeah so. <laughs> it's it's i don't know that i i think we can intellectually grasp that mm, right but sometimes i don't know that it goes much deeper than that because it's so what yeah. that's just so crazy so big yeah, you know, you, we can paint over so fast because yeah. it's language that we're kind of used to. But if we if we just sit with it, yeah, and a little bit of silence and a little bit of solitude, and and let that just roll over in our head a few times, it is a concept. Uh, I wouldn't want to say too large to grasp, but it is a large concept to grasp. It is, and it's a it's a quite the um, perspective challenging yeah concept to grasp yeah. paradigm shifting. Yeah, and so, and, and I think we mentioned this word earlier, but the way that we live in relationship to the King is we want to be more and more like Him. Yeah, and He said, "If you love Me, you will obey My commandments." And so, if we yeah. love the King, if we want to be in a relationship with Him, we're going to want to obey Him. We were going to want to allow Him to rub off on us. But th- that—that's the idea of apprenticeship, and the apprenticeship is is watching what He's doing extremely closely, trying to get your hands in the exact same position that the blacksmith's hands are in, so that you can turn out the same kind of uh, material and 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 product that they do. Jesus isn't turn out material and products, but we're trying to watch Him as closely as we possibly can. Uh, and do exactly what he is doing. And, and again, it's it's not overtaking him. It's it's him working through us in the world. But we, we're trying to look as much like him as we can through obedience. That's the that's the relational yeah. side to the kingship of Jesus. Yeah. And I think all of that really ties us into that third member of the Trinity, mm. the Holy Spirit, uh, and how he works in our lives. Very good. Okay, so we're two thirds of the way through trying to explain, or at least let's let's say it differently. We're we're two thirds of the way through discussing the Trinity. So we've talked about the Father. Yeah, there's no explaining. We, yeah, that's fair. Fair. We've talked <laughs> about the Father. We talked about podcast. the Son. Let's spend a few minutes talking about the Holy Spirit uh, and and how we relate to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's that that's probably the the least. Um, the least amount of playtime, or, or that the Holy Spirit, as a He, gets the least amount of playtime uh, on the radio, is to is, is to being in relationship with Him and what that looks like. 
Uh, and, and again, that's back to hard to explain, but we're going we're gonna to spend some time at least discussing it. And one of the, the key factors as we read the scriptures, I think is John uh, 14, that says the spirit is the comforter. Uh, that Jesus says, hey, I will go away. No, that's John 16, where he calls him the advocate. Another word for him could be the comforter. He says, I'm going away, but don't sweat it because someone else is coming in my place uh, and he's going to be comforting you. Yeah. So how do you understand comforter and how do you relate to the Holy Spirit yeah. as comforter? I, well, I think that is a, a big mm. relational term right there, right? Yeah. Because Jesus is saying, here's the deal. You're looking at me face to face. Sure. You're hanging out with me. We're doing things together. You're seeing me live. We're in relationship, and then you're not going to see me anymore, mm. which for most of us, you know, out of sight, out of mind tends yeah. to be how we do relationships. Even if it's super impactful, right. is the, the further, the less time we are with someone, the more they sort of drift away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he says, but don't worry about it because I'm going to send another, and he's well, going to be your comforter. And this is at the end of almost three years of yeah. Ev- Almost every day yeah. together, walking yeah. together, witness, yeah. apprenticeship. Yeah. Uh, and he, he even says, not only does he say, I'm going to send someone, he says, it's better if this goes down this way. Already knowing how, well, already having a sense of how they're going to respond yeah. to his death. Probably yeah. they still aren't understanding it in John 16. Yeah. Uh, and he says, look, I'm going to be gone, but someone's going to come who can not just walk beside you, yeah. but live in you and do the job of comforting that I can't even do as your compadre Shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And, and I, you know what I think is really interesting? And we, I think we don't think about this because we can read Matthew in like an hour, mm. uh, you Perfect. know? So it, for us, the three years of life yeah. together is it, we lose that. But mm. I was reading a, a book the other day and the author was talking about, he was a, um, of the president of a, of a seminary. And he was like, I would have given the disciples a degree. Mm. Because it wasn't that they were just hanging out with Jesus for three years. Jesus was teaching them. Yeah how to be ministers in his kingdom. Yeah. And it was intense. Mm. And, and, and he was, you know, it, it was intense, but it was life on life intensity. Right. And so he was like, imagine that for three years. And then he says, oh, by the way, I'm going to go away. <laughs> and you're like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> tell, us, tell us where you're going, yeah. Jesus, so how we can, can we, go how too. How can we get there? How can we, wait, yeah. is he, is he going to is is die? Yeah. Is that what it means? Do we have, are we going to die too? Like, never, how, never. How I'll never let this? you die. Right? But then he says it's better. Mm. It's better. And it's that because, you know, like, uh, a physical person can only be so many places at once. Absolutely, but the spirit can be with me. It can mm. be with you. It can be with all of us who are in Christ yeah. in this deep, personal, intimate way. Right? Uh, Paul talks about that in Romans. Um, I think in chapter eight he says, "Look, even when we don't even know how to pray, yeah. the spirit, the spirit who searches the mind of God yeah. prays on our behalf. Yeah. Like God's spirit knows what God's thinking. Mm. I don't know what to pray, mm. and then He prays for me what I should pray." Yeah. How like mind-boggling <laughs> is that? He's cake. We're just going to explain it. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's the level of intimacy. Mm. Is that the the spirit that dwells in me is God's spirit? Knows God? Knows what I need? I don't know what I need. So He's just like, hey, I've got this. Yeah. Let me pray for you. Yeah. That's how I understand that mm. comfort and that's deep, intimate relationship. And sometimes it sounds mystical and whatever, but sure. it's it's just how it is. Yeah. And I think that's a concept that we have to wrestle with and wrestle through and sometimes be mistaken about and come back and be like, oh, I thought it was this way. And it's not. It's this way. The, again, that's the sanctification and learning and growing. Uh, the longer we walk with Jesus, the more we understand about him. And you said something there a minute ago that the Holy Spirit can be in, a, in many different places at the same time in all of God's people. 
Uh, and that's another key factor that distinguishes the Holy Spirit from, from God, uh, I'm sorry, from the Father and from Jesus, is that he is the gift giver to all of God's people. And that's 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, uh, talking about the fact that he has gifted all of, all of all people who want to be kingdom participants. He has given them at least some level of gifting. And again, we're not going to go over yeah. all of those, but he's the one responsible for giving that gift and for empowering them yeah. to be able to use that again, all for God's glory and all for God's kingdom. Yeah. Uh, and the, and even the building up of, of inside the body of believers. And that's what the, the, particularly the Romans 12, I'm sorry, the first Corinthians 12 passage is about is how do we function together in a healthy manner? The whole body has to be working, not just part of it. And that comes from the power and the specific role of the gift giving of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Which, just to tack on to that, that was a really great summary, is that in that same uh, Corinthians passage, Paul says that your gift is a manifestation of the Spirit. Mm. And so it takes it to like a whole other relational level. Mm. When I use my gift to impact your life, yeah. the Spirit that indwells me is manifesting in that gift yeah. to impact your life. Yeah. And and it, it, again, you could take that in a lot of different ways that wouldn't be accurate to sure. say, but just think of those words. When I use my gift, it's like the spirit becomes tangible in that expression yeah. for you to experience in the physical world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and relationally, relationally, that starts to go to, to a deeper level when we stop seeing each other as Phil or as Hannah or as Julie or Adam, but start seeing each other as that's a spirit-filled believer on mission to do the same thing in this world that I'm here to do. And let's recognize what's happening in their life, what the spirit is leading them into in their lives. Let's partner with that. Let the spirit work through me to partner with that. God's power is just going to be increased and increased and increased more and more. And we're going to see greater things happening. Yeah. And I think that brings us to that last thing with the spirit is that he's our teacher. Absolutely. In all of this, yeah. and through all of this, he's teaching us how to follow Jesus better, hmm. how to die to ourselves, how hmm. to live out God's will yeah. on the earth. And that's the John 14 passage where he says, the spirit is going to come and remind you of all the things that I taught you, that we, we've walked down this path. You're going to have a hard time remembering, remembering them, but I'm going to send the spirit to remind you. Yeah. And he's going to remind you of everything I've said. Mm, yeah. Three years worth of seminary school. Yeah. He's just going to throw it back in your brain when Absolutely. you need it. Life on life. You said that a yeah. minute ago. That was yeah. good. It's, it's crazy. Perfect. Piece of yeah. cake. Well, we totally wrapped up the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's no, there needs to be no more podcast ever done on this topic. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that might have been slightly hyper, hyperbolic. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Um, but I think let's just, let's go ahead and land this plane. Yep. Right now. I think it, in all of this, we want to make two things clear. Mm. Uh, actually, let's make three things clear. One, we tried to draw some kind of clear lines for you to think through. Mm. But when you begin to read the Bible, you're going to see a lot of overlap in these. Absolutely. Because God's one being. Yes. Right? So don't, if you're, if you're reading it, and you're like, wait, it said the spirit of Jesus. Mm. Well, is that different than the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Mm -mm, same thing. It's just the way they talk about it, there's overlap. So yeah. be prepared Language for changes. that. All three members of the Trinity are equal. Mm. They're equal in their, their essence. They're equal in their nature. They're equal in... Um, their divinity, yeah, their godship, their godship, and then third, but they're distinct, sure. And that's kind of what we've tried to paint here is that they all have distinct roles, absolutely. And then we and and to and to further that distinctive uh, or distinctiveness, we could even talk about where are they now. And the scriptures are pretty clear; they they teach us that the Father is sitting upon the throne uh, in the heavenly realms. And again, that might be a fun podcast too. What, is, yeah. what, are, what, are, what do you mean when we say the heavens? 
um, that is existing here and now. The heavens is not a, just a future place. It's something going on here and now that the Father is seated on the throne. We talked about earlier, he's the ruler. Uh, that Jesus is there beside him. That's the Daniel 7 reference. And then again, Hebrews says he's at the right hand of the Father pleading on our behalf. So he's working on our behalf right now, which is just incredible to think of. And then the Holy Spirit is here amongst us and with us. It's not, uh, I remember having a, a question about, well, how can Jesus live in my heart if that's where he is? And it's probably a terrible question, but I was young. Um, but he's working through us, the, the, the insideness through us, through his spirit, the yeah. here and now. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, again, we're not trying to be, uh, we weren't trying to do a systematic theology on the Trinity. We were trying to do a relational theology there you go. in uh, a drive time uh, <laughs> span. Today's drive so, may have had to be a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe you got stuck in traffic and it works out. I don't know. Anyway, again, thanks for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, Get in touch with us. We've got a. You can find us on Instagram, Drive Time Theology. Yeah, it'll be um, a lot of fun. If you go to the Anchor app, you can even leave us a voice message, and we can oh, listen to it. I didn't so know that. I'm yeah, going to leave us a voice cool. message. <laughs> yeah, do it. Leave us in, a voice message in an accent. Um, we, hey, we, do you know what we're doing next time? Uh, yes, we had a list, but I, I, we're it's doing not in prayer front of me. next time. Oh, yes, prayer. So right. we talked about the Bible, mm. our foundation. We talked about God. Now we're going to mm. talk about what it means to communicate yeah. back and forth with God. And we started on the right path talking about being in relationship with the Father, the Spirit, and the Son because prayer at its deepest essence and, and at its core is about relationship. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to that next conversation. Bueno. Um, we'll, uh, we won't see you guys later, but we'll uh, show up in your drive time sometime later. That's right. In your ear, in your ear area. Uh, see, see you later. Is that appropriate? Peace out. Hey guys, Phil here again. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope that it was helpful, that it spurred your holy imagination. We really do want to hear from you. So we have set up an Instagram account called Drive Time Theology. If you'd like to reach out or touch base with us or have questions or even post topics for us to discuss, please find us on Instagram at Drive Time Theology. Again, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate your time.